0: Namaste. So, uh, before we begin, come to the subject, I would like to spend a moment. um, I don't know what word to use in memory of our dearest Radhavan, because they who have served the mother and they with whom we are linked through such wonderful ties of mother's love, uh, never depart. They are always with us. We carry them, they carry us, and we are all together in her wonderful lap. I remember this line from Savitri, Our parting was the dream. We are together. We live. So that is the truth with which we need to live. The word death obviously has no meaning or little meaning with those who have um, been so fortunate and privileged. To serve the Divine Mother in such a wonderful way, exceptional way. And as I see last few weeks that I was associated with um, Shraddavan's departure, I see it as again a very symbolic event. Um, Her leaving her physical body in the ashram atmosphere, and in a parting, joining the two, the ashram and Auroville, this was, as far as I know, one of her, uh, will that you know all these different spaces of the mother should come together. So I'm sure she is here and she is listening and she is with all of us. Coming to the subject, the subject is from another line of Savitri. Even there shall come as the high crown of all the end of death, the death of ignorance. So this quest for immortality is inbuilt within human beings, and there is a reason why it is inbuilt, because deep within we are conscious of something in us which is immortal. That's how when Yudhishthir is asked, what is the most surprising thing, he says that we see everyday people die, yet we believe that we are immortal. This is not an illusionist statement. That's how it has been interpreted. That well, we should remember that death is the end point, Certainly not. In the Indian tradition, when someone leaves the body, we don't use the word margeya. We use the word sharir pura ho geya. The physical body has lived its span of time and when we carry the body to the whatever place, we chant not mrityu satya we say ram nam satya The name of the divine is the eternal truth. This is the truth that death hides. Death is a mask. It hides this eternal truth that there is no death. This is the paradox. And yet death comes, it is so real. And yet there is something in us which wants and seeks immortality. And this seeking has taken various forms. The most common form through which biologically nature tries to perpetuate immortality is continuity through the progeny. This is why we use the word "santan," extension of consciousness. So, that is the most elementary way. In animal creation, we see that's how there is a perpetuation. If, okay, I won't, but something of me will continue. So, this is one way that nature tries, the most inferior way. Then, as we evolve, there is another way that humanity adopts. We try to immortalize a moment's work. So, there are Great creators, Valmikis, Ramayana, Mahabharata, works of Kalidas, Shakespeare, Wordsworth, Blake, of course, further Virgil, Dante, uh, of course, Homer. He wouldn't feel very happy if we don't include him. So these are works and of course art, such wonderful sculpture. So we try to immortalize things through the work. So, in the early stages, it is through progeny, we try to immortalize. Nature wants to remind us. And then the next is through works that are done through the intelligence, using the body to create immortally with transient things. This is a very beautiful line, shrivinda says, this is what we are here for. To build immortally with transient things. So, we use paper, pen, everything which is transient and yet the creation is Immortal. Savitri is, of course, one such um, more than immortal creation because it's not just immortal creation, but it's something which shows us the pathways to immortality. Then at a third level, man tries to seek that is there within him something which survives death. And in this approach, man has turned inward, upward and he has discovered that deep within it, there is something which does not die. There is something before whom all faults and failures and errors, they just disappear. It has that capacity within us. And that we discover, we have in different cultures, different uh, seekings, different names have been given, it doesn't matter. But there is something which survives death. This is the third discovery. Then along with that, there comes the fourth seeking. We have discovered the immortal self within us. And is there a way that this immortality can be also transferred, manifested in this instrumental personality? So there are several levels at which we see the operation of death and slowly it fails as more and more we become conscious, we grow conscious. Now there are two subjects which I have seen most engage human beings, they are most attracted. So... So, when my first book, Death, Dying and Beyond came, people said, you know, so many people have liked the book, so many are buying. I said, it's not because of the author, it's because of the subject. (laughs) You speak about death or write about death, it will have an immortal appeal. Everybody wants to know. And the other subject which has a universal appeal is love. These two subjects are most celebrated. Not only poetry, but human thought and everything, everywhere. And in Savitri, we have these two, who are as if posited, one against the other. And it's very interesting, if you look at Yama, the name Yama means restrainer. He restrains. So how does he restrain? He imposes limits. Our Everything, our sight cannot see, our ears cannot hear beyond a point. We cannot feel beyond a point. We cannot think beyond a point, as if we hit a magic. Wall, and we come back. It so difficult it restrains us on every side. It does a good work at one level because it restrains not only our godlike impulses, but also our titanic states, dark states. So all this it restrains makes us move within a certain narrow lane. That's how death operates. So he is Yama, the restrainer, and that's how he becomes the guardian of Dharma in ignorance. What does love do? Love releases. How does it release us? It releases us from the prison of the ego. First by, the very first movement of love is to give. And therefore by giving, even at the most elementary level of the family, one gives, so one comes out of the ego. So it releases us. At a larger level, love for something greater and ideal, the country, the world, humanity, and ultimately God So love ultimately releases us from the prison of the ego. So we have this secret that death restrains and therefore keeps us perpetually in a bondage. Whereas love releases us. And what is the highest point to which love can release us? It releases us into union with the very source from where we have come. So love is that mighty power that has come from the divine to lift this creation back from the inconscient towards the divine. And in between, we have the entire journey of creation and journey of man. So in Savitri, this beautiful line, there shall come, even there shall come, as a high crown of all, the end of death, the death of ignorance. But this high crown, there is a whole background and the entire Savitri is about that background. Yes, that is the promise and it is going to be, but there is a whole background and there is a process to it. It is not something magic. Uh, anything in time-space has a process. Though in this process, the victory is certain of love because love is a power which is coming from the divine. Death is the shadow of the divine. So it is, these two opponents are wrestling with each other. Death is a mask that again the divine has worn to spur human beings. So, there is a whole background to it and I am reminded of uh, in the Gita when Arjuna is asked a very simple question that tell me, Should I fight or should I not fight? And Sri Krishna takes him through all the 18 chapters. Bewildered and confused initially, he says, tell me one thing. You are saying jnana is superior to karma. Then you are asking me to fight. He says, yes, yes, you can't do karma without jnana. If jnana is not there, you do karma, you will bind you. Okay, then tell me something still. What is the real secret? Then he brings in bhakti as the high crown. So, similarly, we see in Savitri why this is important because people often take it. Shobindu spoke about the end of death, but we still see people die. Yes, he did promise, and it is going to be so. But even if in his letters we see that he has said it is the last crowning movement, and before that, there is a whole journey to be undertaken, and in the very Next few lines, we see some of the conditions. The only place where we see conditions, but these conditions also he assures. So I'll just read these lines. Even they shall come as a high crown of all, the end of death, the death of ignorance. But first, high truth must set her feet on earth and man aspire to the eternal light. And all his members feel the spirit's touch and all his life obey an inner force. In a way, this entire, you know, yoga is given there in these few lines and we will see how this aspiration is born after a long journey. There is a whole journey in ignorance when we are asking for everything except the one thing, one saving grace. So, it, it takes long this beautifully described, the first state when we must be freed from ignorance. The first step of freedom from ignorance is not to identify ourselves with the mind, the thought structures, opinions, our temporary fluttering emotions, with the passions, with all these desires, cravings, and of course with the body. This is the first step. And that itself takes long, beautifully described in Savitri, in Canto 3 of first book. This bodily appearance is not all. The form deceives. The person is a mask. He deep in man's celestial powers can dwell. His fragile ship conveys through the sea of years an incognito of the imperishable. is the only fellow who has no name. But he keeps assuming different names and forms and we don't recognize him. A spirit that is a flame of God abides a fiery portion of the wonderful. Artist of his own beauty and delight. Immortal in our mortal poverty. What a beautiful description. Without this, all our riches is still a poverty. With this, even in rags, I am God. Fallen, I am divine. There is a beautiful um, Urdu share of couplet of one of the poets. He says, Yaar ko hamne ja dekha. Yaar is my divine friend. I have seen him everywhere. So where all he has seen, he says, Kabhi to takte nashi. Sometimes I have seen him like a king. Kabhi kasa liye khada dekha. Sometimes I have seen him as a beggar asking for dolls. So, this truth of this immortal soul, without which all our life is a poverty. Why it's a poverty? Because nothing is sure. It's a poverty. The only thing which is like a surety, the guarantee, this immortal soul. So, this is the first step uh, towards ultimately conquest of, you know. So, sometimes one encounters these things in a very interesting way. One of the persons who quite some time back, met me and he's, he said, uh, I was a bit curious because of, you know, certain behaviors and certain fears. Now I'm pretty used to it, but that time I asked him, uh, what made you come to Shurabindu's yoga? Just a curiosity. He said, because I want to be immortal. And this is the only yoga which assures immortality. I said, but why you want to be immortal? He said, because I am very afraid of death. He said, this is a paradox. So I reminded him of what mother has said, that if you are afraid of death, you have not fulfilled the first condition. So first thing, before we can even become a candidate for immortality, is not to be afraid of death. To discover that it is a mask. It's in a in a way the biggest hoax, it may sound very strange, <laughs> gossip, rumor, before the coronavirus and after it, it has continued is the that death is real. Is <laughs> the biggest hoax. Corona almost came very close to. <laughs> <So> <laughs> but we see people die, isn't it? Sri Krishna has been saying in the Gita, either which way, you look at it from material point of view, you look at it from spiritual point of view, What really is death? We all know. Srivastava described very beautifully in several poems he has described. There is a poem called Fear of Death. And it ends so beautifully, one of my favourite lines, last two lines, which he says after describing, what is this fear of death? And then he describes the last two lines. Death is but a changing of our robes to wait in wedding garments at the eternal's gate mrityu hai paridhan badal karna pratiksha mrityu hai paridhan badal karna pratiksha vadhu vastra mein chirpremi ka shashwat varka what is the big deal about it what is the fuss about it <laughs> and Their mother says people we make so much fuss about death so first thing is to be if we can take a leap of faith wonderful that well Shri Krishna has said so, <laughs> Shri has said so, every mystic has said so, <laughs> you know. Uh, but if we cannot, the of course, ultimately this faith must translate into knowledge to discover that which is within. So, this is the very first step. And then the next step is to allow it to govern. That's what we are reading. And that too, very beautifully it is described in Savitri. She has come here with the idea of uh, changing this earthly life into the life divine. But she discovers what is the first step and says, But first, the heavenly psyche must put off. But for this high spiritual change to be, the heavenly psyche must put off her veil. See, um, we read about soul in so many places. But look at the way Sri describes. The heavenly psyche must put off her veil and step into common nature's crowded rooms and take the charge of breath and speech and act. And then he gives such a beautiful condition, you know, to to really discover it, what should be the condition. Obedient to a high command, she sat, life, time and death were passing incidents. Many things will come and go in life, but we should remain steadfast towards this discovery. Many things. Life is um, a play of various things, combination how we react to it is up to us. We may take it as pleasant, painful. That's a different story. But always there are many scenes that pass. But if we can remain steadfast towards this discovery, obedient to a high command, seat, time, life and death were passing incidents. Then we end up discovering this beautiful, immortal soul within, of whom we even hear in the Kathopanishad, Angusht Matra Purusha, That which is a being no bigger than the size of thumb. So this is the first immortality that we discover. But this is the easier part. But what follows later is much more difficult. Because this creation is still held in the grip of death. So what is death? Shubhindo beautifully describes, there are three particular places. Several places, but three particular places. One is when Ashupati encounters death. He encounters death in a very different way. He plunges into the zone of darkness and death. And he wants to see what it is that doesn't allow us to go beyond it. point. So this is a great restrainer. Where is this restraint on the bird which wings? It wants to fly to far heavens but it cannot. Something restrains, pulls it back. This driven inertia of the base, this darkness, this unconsciousness which denies our flight so, he discovered that he goes into the depths of the darkness. In Book 2, Canto 7, 8, Descent into Night, The World of Falsehood. And what does he discover about death? Something very interesting. He saw in death, he saw in destruction, creation, hasty pace. So, there we get the first secret of death. Death as a seller of the house of life... He saw in destruction creation's hasty pace and hell as a shortcut to heaven's gate. So when life is rough and tumbling, he is taking us through a shortcut. Of course we can say, Lord, I am okay with the slightly (laughs) longer path. But so beautifully puts it, it's a shortcut and really... Why death intervenes is precisely because this psychic little psychic being has to grow into the fullness of the divine, and that's where Shubhendra brings something very unique, which we'll just come to. So this fullness of the divine possibility it must grow into. For that it needs variety of experiences. It is not possible in a single human body. Anyways, after some time, human beings start wondering. So it is. You see, Ashwatthama's immortality is a curse. He can't even show himself to anyone. So it is about the death comes to help us gain variety of experiences through number of lives, passenger from life to life, from birth to birth, from scale to scale. He sees the icon growing by its gaze and in the womb foresees the coming God. So here we come to this second beautiful, interesting idea. One is that there are two things which we see happening in creation. One is evolution of forms and the evolution of something deep within us. Now, biology picks up the outer part. That's more recent. Darwinian theory of evolution, evolution of forms. But this is, unfortunately, again something, um, it's not Darwin. Darwin gave it a certain form. It is well known in the tantras that there are 84 lakh, They even mapped out the entire range of species. 84 lakh species through which the human soul transits. So what are these species but these forms through which it is evolving? So there is very clearly the significance of form. As we change one form to another, the soul grows. It's like a seed. It must grow into the fullness of the divine. This is one part of the story. Which we observe now, we know about it even why? Because it has got the stamp of Darwin. Before that, if it was Tantra, one eighty-four lakh yonis, are, all this is no, all. I don't know what they are speaking. Nursing of how can it be there? But so, anyway, so now we talk about it that. By the way, transitional beings, you know, people speak about transitional beings. Where are they? Several times I have seen people who have come to me sharing some dream where one can see the transition. Even today I had a male, very interesting. So the person has seen first um, a pink frog, very big, colored, but primarily pink. And the second is that there is a snake which is white, but it has got legs and it is as if trying to fly. So, it is a moment of transition. Transitional beings exist in this. Uh, you know, they still exist. They, are, they have gone away from… Nature has removed them. But they exist somewhere in the collective memory of the race. But that's a different subject altogether. So, there is an evolution of forms. And as the soul grows, it needs better and better forms to express itself. Because if you have to have a nuclear reactor, you can't do it in your bhatti and the chula. But chula will also hold some fire. The cooker or that cooking thing will hold some fire. But this fire which comes out of the jartha matter has concealed within it solar fire. For solar fire, one needs solar panels. So the evolution of forms is to help in the evolution of the soul within it grows from step to step. And that's where we have the Vedantic idea of evolution. That the soul grows until it grows to a point where it becomes independent of this entire name and form. It recovers itself. It knows that, well, I am not this body, I am not this mind, I am not this life. After that, according to the traditional view of Vedanta, it merges into the unknowable. This is what we have heard from all the authentic voices. But obviously it makes big, leaves a big question mark. Two question marks. Why this whole beginning drama And what is this abrupt end? Sudden abrupt end? What about the chain of karma which was going through? So here Sri brings this very interesting thing. The origin. In its origin, nature and soul, God and world are not two but one. There is only one origin. So that's where he speaks about the Ishwara and his Shakti. And then Shakti goes into creation and starts creating. It plunges into darkness and builds this beautiful... See, all creation is on the basis of harmony. With man this disharmony begins But otherwise all creation From it builds little atoms Which are abodes of the Ishwara And the Ishwara also like a miniature nuclei Comes and inhabits the atoms It builds electrons It enters into the electron Behind every particle there is this divine element And then it expands the material universe Into a whole galaxy Systems of stars Constellations Amazing All beautifully Harmoniously floating in space Then plant and other forms and in each of them it builds a little dwelling place for the spark of the divine to inhabit and grow through it so it's a beautiful play where soul and nature the divine and his shakti are playing in miniature forms so one becomes he becomes the little soul and she becomes this inferior nature now quite naturally because soul is connected with the divine it first recovers itself but what about nature? It is here that Shrurvindho says that, well, recovery of the soul, that I am not just this field, is only the first step. They have been linked together for a purpose. It is not an unhappy marriage. It is supposed to turn into the most beautiful um, thing ever. And in Indian thought, several places, several stories, we see this union of material nature with the divine soul as the ultimate. Realization which is possible We see this in Shipurana, Purana, the Shivalingam We see this in the story of Sita and Rama Where material nature is usurped by She is born from earth Usurped by the asura And then she goes back to earth But all the time In its truth it is divine That is the whole story That nature also is divine in its origin And therefore it must also recover its status So, the two must go together, meaning thereby the evolution neither of the soul nor of the form is over. The soul has to grow beyond just discovering itself and the self above. It must reclaim its universality. Beautifully, you know, Shubindu describes in Savitri, there is a whole passage where Savitri enters into this vastness and she discovers that Arcturus and Belfajor burn in a corner of her boundless self. The stars we see in space, they are just in a corner, they are burning. Mother describes this in one of her experiences and Shurabindo also at different places. One of his poems, uh, Cosmic Man, Cosmic Consciousness, he describes uh, London and Paris and Tokyo. My spirit seeing are, I am the bird man saves and the beast he slays. His few good deeds and countless... Bad deeds take place within my single heart. So this is the entire field which has been created. And this also has to be upgraded. So this story of union of the material nature with the soul is the only story that is taking place in all our lives. So material nature is still largely in the grip of death. And the soul bound by it is also in the grip of death because it's bound itself to it. First it must recover its own poise. But then should it disappear? No, it must also uplift material nature. How can it do it? It cannot do it unless it recovers its transcendent status in the supramental. So the evolution of the soul is not over. The traditional Vedantic view that by recovering dissolution in the nirvana is the highest goal. It cannot be the highest goal. Mother says it very humorously. If God wanted only nirvana, there would have been nothing else but nirvana. The whole thing is to recover it to that fullness where every being becomes conscious Ishwara and every prakriti, every so-called what we call as individual prakriti becomes shakti, the divine supernature. That is the original play. So after this step, now Sri opens the door to the next level. So you know, it's like in any game when you play computer game. So you can't go to the next level till you have cleared this. So once we clear this level... Then the next level of challenge opens to us. And that next level of challenge is the soul itself must recover its supramental infinity. We must break into the infinity and the eternity of God. Beautifully described, Shabinda describes this whole journey in you know the passage which I was reading, it continues uh, at last the traveller in the paths of time arrives on the frontiers of eternity. In the transient symbol of humanity draped, he feels his substance of undying self and loses his kinship to mortality. After Once one has discovered this soul, one knows one is no more mortal. That which is always, you know, so uh, I is something which we hear all the time. But if we can say I am, whether I live or die, then we have really taken the uh, real step. And then what happens? He describes this doesn't st- uh, you know stop here. His thought stretches into infinitude. All in him turns to spirit vastnesses. His soul breaks out to join the over soul. His life is oceaned by that super life. He has drunk from the breasts of the mother of the worlds. A topless super nature fills his frame. She adopts his spirit's everlasting ground as the security of a changing world and shapes the figure of her unborn mites. So this is the whole journey. Why it takes long? Because the greater the building we want to rise, the deeper must be the roots and the foundations. So it took really long just to dig the foundations. And if it has to go further, further one must go into the depths and create. You can't build skyscrapers on Shallow grounds of vital desires and wishful thinking. So the grounds have been dug really deep. So deep that for things to come up even up to a certain level took a long time. But once this ground is solid and it holds us. Why? Because why this great seeming adversary has come? He has come actually paradoxically. The, you know the next place where we see a description of death. One is he plunges there and then he sees why he is there. Here also he has mentioned that it is to hasten the process of creation. He is there because paradoxically death spurs us towards immortality. See, it's it's a strange paradox that people often say that in Satyug, there used to be life for 10,000 years. And right up to Dwapar, of which we have documented records, well, to live for 150 years was not uncommon. But in Kalyug, the age becomes lesser and lesser. But see the magic. From Kalyug, you leap towards Satyuga. And because Kalyug, the lifespan is so short, therefore the process of yoga is also very simple, so beautifully conjured in, you know, captured in one of the couplets. Uh, Mystic says, Kalyug, Jog, Najap, Nagyana, Ek Adhar, I'll slightly tweak it, ma. (laughs) And you see mother speaks about this As the one single process in this yoga When the disciple asks persistently Mother nobody tells any process Nobody tells any method Tell us one method at least She says hasn't he told you open to the mother No no mother but still we want a method I must do something Open to the mother is like I am doing nothing She is doing everything Human ego wants to do something this says, Mother, tell, tell me one process. She says, well, if you want a method, it is Japa calling her name. Very clearly, she says, calling the name is the great name which is the foundation of eternity. Death cannot stand before it because name is the vibration of eternity. Name means that. So, it is very interesting, this story about the name. There are different scriptures which have spoken about it. Shravindra speaks of it that when the passage of death comes, when we pass through hell… Then, the great name and the name, a prayer upon his lips and the saviour name. So, what is this name? Name is the first star of creation. It starts from there. But then, how do we capture that? We cannot. So, there are people who have identified with that. Their name gets added to that. So, Krishna, 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 it, it has the same power. To release, why? Because he has realized that original name, Ram, 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 ulta naam japajagjana balmi ki bhai brahma samana, and of course the mother made it very simple for us. Shavinda made it very simple, Ma, 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 Ma. Even cows know how to take it. The calf takes it, but human beings want something very complicated because yoga has to be very complicated. Unless you can have seminars on the life divine and, you know, give big lectures and conferences on the supramental, you feel it cannot be something. So, you know, is it as simple? Shubhendu himself states in the synthesis of yoga. If you look at the goal of this yoga, it appears almost impossible. If you look at the process of the yoga, it is the simplest of all, easiest of all. Of course, Vishwab Chand had a very interesting take on this. Who wrote Sri his life unique. He once told to the mother, and one would completely agree, <laughs> Mother, if people came here and saw us, met us, they would never want to stay here. <laughs> we are all products in the making. See, we are beings of transition. We are, we are neither here nor there. So, <laughs> we, we are not humans, true, but we are neither su- suprahumans, humans so we are caught in between. Human beings live in a certain way anyway. So he says, if they come and meet us, they would never want to stay here. But then he adds, but if they come and see you, they would never want to go away from here. See, so this is the first step. When we hold on to this foundation of eternity, then we discover that even death was a mask and a means. It was a grace. See, that is the faith that one has to cultivate, that what we thought of darkness and everything was nothing but a grace we see this beautifully described at you know one of these places when savitri undertakes the yoga it is she speaks of darkness as a magic of self hidden light all here is a mystery of contraries Darkness, a magic of self-hidden light. See, every line of Sri when death comes, what should we do? What should we say? We should simply say, oh light, throw away this mask. In all likelihood, if we have thrown away the mask while in the body, it won't come as that strange fellow sitting on two-horned bullock. I think he's upgraded himself. He doesn't come in bullock anymore. (laughs) He probably uses a Mercedes or something, you know. Everything is being upgraded, so we don't know. But why should he use that old, antique way? (laughs) Symbols change. So this darkness, darkness, a magic of self hidden light, suffering, some secret rapture's tragic mask. What a reminder. Suffering means he is preparing me for a greater delight. And death, an instrument of perpetual life, Although death walks beside us on life's road, a dim bystander at the body's start, and a last judgment on man's futile works, other is the riddle of its ambiguous face. See, that's how in different traditions shown as the Sphinx. So, a Sphinx asks only one question. So, if you want to cross the desert? Sphinx will say, "Are you ready?" So the person has a checklist, I have done my PhD in, I don't want to name because, (laughs) okay, I have done my PhD in this university, in the most world-renowned university. Ask me any question, what will you ask? So it asks a very seemingly, apparently very foolish question. Who is that creature who walks on four legs in the morning, Two legs in the afternoon and three at night. Even a child will say, we human beings. But see, if you don't answer, it will slay. If you answer, it will let you pass. But the way Oedipus answers it is different. He doesn't say like that. He says, I am the answer. Yeah, beautifully we have this poem, A Vision of Science, where Sri brings this story about the riddle of the Sphinx. In the larger context, religion is passing out and telling science. Thou thinkest and, and term for thee are not. But though thy pride is great, thou hast forgot the Sphinx that waits for thee beside the way. All questions thou mayest answer but one day. Her questions shall await thee that reply for they who cannot die. She slays them and their mangled bodies lie upon the highways of eternity. Therefore, if thou wouldst live, answer first this one thing. Who art thou in this dungeon laboring? And there no visiting card works. You may say all your achievements you may tell, when death comes, sir, you know, I am super graduate if there is a degree like that. Sir, every conference they call me, sir, see my list of achievements. Sir, so many talks I have given on death and immortality. I don't care. <laughs> have you realized it? That's all it'll, and it will. <laughs> the mother describes this supramental boat where beings are going to go, who, are, who is fit and who is unfit for the supramental life. She says, that strange thing, they had no such criteria as we think. So she says, when I saw what is their criteria, I laughed uncontrollably for a couple of hours. All that they were doing, were, they were scanning. Like, you know, we have those scans on those airports where you have to suddenly, with your passport put and, you know, <laughs> you feel <laughs> so strange. <laughs> Anyways, that's the mechanism now. And after some time, they'll say, yes, you're okay, <laughs> done. So, they, just, they were just scanning. And they could see where is the orange light, where are the patches. And they would accept and they would send away. And uh, uh, see, recognized five, six people whom they took. And a um, couple of them were from ashram, some from outside, some from elsewhere. That was the criteria. And then uh, later on, she says, all the things we value so much on earthly life, Ordinary human life, we are of no value. So the disciple asked later on, Mother, what are the things we value which have no value there? And what is it that the supramental creation values? She said, what it values is wideness, plasticity and equanimity. Wideness, plasticity and equanimity. What it doesn't value Oh, all those moral injunctions that people carry in their heads. <laughs> Ideas of ascetic purity. That morning if you take your bath. So, sometime people ask how to read Savitri before bath or after bath. <laughs> so, Savitri is the royal bath. And should we face east or west? This question also is, <laughs> Whichever side you wait you face there the light of savitri will dawn. So this is darkness is a magic of self hidden light. The divine has chosen to hide within it. Death is a stair, a door, a stumbling stride the soul must take to cross from birth to birth a great defeat pregnant with victory. In fact, every defeat is pregnant with victory. Ultimately the Lord the divine love is going to be victorious. There can be no doubt about it. A whip to lashes towards her deathless state. That's what it does. It reminds us because we are always, you know, life is so short. Just imagine suddenly we are told life is 300 years. So what we will do for 100 years? Then, but because now human beings, if evolution fast forward. 50, 60, 70 new diseases are coming. Oh, let's realize the soul. <laughs> Time is short. Let's sit. Three days we can realize. That's what Sri Ramakrishna has said. And mother says, yes. Mother added one something even greater. Sri Ramakrishna said, it will take three three days you can realize the divine. So, somebody asked the mother, he says, yes. And this is for an average person, not like somebody all the time in intensity. So, this is the beauty. And then I remembered how three days, Sri Aurobindo realized that state. So, Three days. So this is not a difficult thing. It is just that we have to set our heart to it. It's just that we don't value it. That's the whole problem. So death comes to remind us, forgotten something, forgotten something. Sir, I have done everything. I have even got married. I have got children. Forgotten something. Our grandchild is in America. He is going to return and I have decided he will have a big multi-storied hospital. Again it says forgotten something. I have seen the world, forgotten something. <laughs> then suddenly the doctor comes. He says, Doctors are both ways, huh? They are agents of God and agents of I tell <laughs> Sometimes when they put us so much fear, I don't want to say what they become. This will happen, that will happen. So they come and tell us, This may happen. There. Is it really? I have such a short time. That is the time. We say, if there is only short time left, what do I do? At least now I must <laughs> do constantly the name of the divine to realize. See, everything. So it is a mask that has been worn by the light, by the divine, to spur us. That mask is not needed. At one place, Shurabinda says that wherefore God hammers this world so fiercely, because the material in us is so crude. If we evolve and develop that softness, and then his ways will also become gentle. So that's how the divine, you know, we have to go through all this passage. So a whip to lash us towards a deathless state. When we are in utter darkness, it comes as a whip. And as we grow more and more, turn towards, you know, then that whip becomes the ensnaring, charming, you know, bond with the divine. It's the same thing, taking different form. The inconscient world is the spirit's self-made room, eternal night, shadow of eternal day. Night is not our beginning, nor our end. She is the dark mother in whose womb we have hid, safe from too swift waking to world pain. We came to her from a supernal light. By light we live, and to the light we go. This is the truth that Savitri wants us to remember. And it's only when we begin to live by this truth. Every appearance we see as a mask. And behind it, the same one smiling. See, Sri the entire yoga begins from there. It's a very high taking point. What is that take-home point? What was the ultimate that previous yogas could reach? One level was nirvana, but there was something still greater. upnishad, which is the foundation of the life, life divine. to sarvani bhutani atme vijanata. Tatra kashoka To see the one everywhere in everything, then begins the real game. Until then, it is only a shadow game. And then, there is nothing to be worried, afraid And then we have fulfilled at least partly this condition. But first, high truth must set our feet on earth. This high truth is of course the supramental. The soul only completing this upward evolution, entering into the supramental infinities, can see the divine everywhere and in everything. When Sri had this experience in the Alipur jail, we know this wonderful experience. Uh, We have heard about it. And everybody, you know, had their own take on this experience. When mother was asked, he said, You see, he had the experience of supramental oneness. So the disciple asked, Supramental experience? Yes, because people have this idea that supramental came much later for sure. He says, Yes, it is the experience of the supramental oneness, though he used the word Narayana at one point. It is the experience of the supramental oneness. Only in the super mind, this mask is completely slain. And then we connect with the old story. How was death born? Yama was born out of the meeting of Surya, the sun god, and Chaya. Otherwise, Surya and Sangya. Sangya is his original uh, spouse. So Sangya is, of course, we know about becoming conscious. And then, through Chaya he begets a child, Yama, who is cast out. This story is there in different ways. And he becomes the guardian of the law in the mortal worlds. Because we are not ready for the law of Surya. Satya Dharma Adriste. But when the soul evolves first through this state, next step is when we, it becomes conscious of the law of truth. It is moved by the divine will. It's no more moved by its own pleasure and pain and Seeking. So when it is moved by the divine will, because of the tapas, because of surrender, because of faith, because of this agni soaring higher and higher and reclaiming its supramental home, then nature too begins to tune and dance according to that. This is the game where material nature upgraded. Right now it is upgraded up to the to to express the mental finites but it can be upgraded to express the supramental consciousness, supramental love, supramental delight, supramental knowledge, supramental power. Right now, it is not yet. And the soul cannot grow into fullness unless nature is also upgraded. This is the paradox. That if nature, if soul grows to a point and it wants to enter into that, nature will not sustain its journey. So, it has to leave and go. That was the problem of the old yoga. So, they abandoned the effort. So, the reason why they are tied is that as it grows, it also asks us to come together. And the mother gives very nice example. So there used to be those old time husband and wife where husband was walking in front and the wives were behind. In it, There was even an earlier time where wives were at home. By the way, it was everywhere. Huh? It's not uh, only India, everywhere. They were meant to be at home and the husband was walking, going, coming back. He has gone to... She is, she comes to When people come to Pondicherry and they say, why you have come alone? No, 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 she is there. She has to look after the home. Now, this is not fair. But this used to be the origin of things. Then slowly it was, okay, you come together, but she is a step behind. Then now she, is, she leads and the man follows the steps. So, this is the whole journey. They are tied together, soul and nature. To abandon one, it's not the fullness one, even one cannot do it and that's what with these uh, magical lines uh, we can probably just take a break. So where he says that the two are one, this nature and soul and both need to be taken to their ultimate heights. That is what the supermind alone can do. As long as nature lasts, he too is there. For this is sure that he and she are one. Even when he sleeps, he keeps her on his breast. Whoever leaves her, he will not depart to repose without her in the unknowable. There is a truth to know, a work to do. Her play is real, a mystery he fulfills. There is a plan in the mother's deep world whim, a purpose in her vast and random game. She brings down from great realization down, because we have missed out on nature. She too must be upgraded. See, that's why the transformation, unless this is a transformation, transformation literally means this ignorant lower nature is upgraded to higher super nature. Unless one can do that, you may have the best of know-how. It's like the computer or what is it, backing up, whatever it is called, upgrading the software. You cannot use, there are capacities in the soul, they cannot express themselves through a uh, nature as it stands today. And unless we transform it, the fullness of the divine life cannot be lived upon earth. So transformation is not a freak, but a logical consequence in the inevitable process of evolution. So here he reveals, This ever she meant since the first dawn of life, this constant will she covered with her sport. It's so nice to look at uh, this world as a sport. Sometimes you fall, sometimes you are shown a red card, green card, wild card, yellow card. Sometimes you push a goal, sometimes you are hit, sometimes you rejoice. But at the end of the day, it is a sport. Wonderful it is, through which we grow. To evoke a person in the impersonal void with the truth light, strike earth's massive roots of trance. Wake a dumb self in the inconscient depths and raise a lost power from its python sleep that the eyes of the timeless might look out from time and the world manifest the unveiled divine. So, here we come back to where we started. But first, high truth must set her feet on earth. This is exactly what Surabindo was engaged in for the supramental consciousness to touch this physical. And transform it, but this is a collective process. It is not one being suddenly growing into supramental. To facilitate it, he took the plunge towards the darkest base, and for the first time, we see that supermind touches matter and stays there for 111 years, hours, visible even to the naked eye. He did predict that it, you know, uh, God shall grow up while the wise men talk and sleep. And belief shall be not till the work is done. So this was the first step. And then when the mother physically, what we call as withdraw, she transmuted. So this is how it is, that this is the process, this is going to be ultimately the supramental change, but in the process where we stand today and the journey there, there will be many step stages, intermediate step species, where we our nature will begin to release hidden powers, There will be a new kind of mind which we already see in children today. A new heart, new orientation towards life. A new kind of passion, heaving in human life towards things which we could not imagine. And even the body will develop new capacities. Maybe, I personally, not maybe, for sure, capacity to heal itself. And so wonderful for All of us. Why can't it heal itself? In animals, we see heal. Capacity to prolong life. Why can't? You see plants, how they regenerate. Trees, how they regenerate. Salamanders, how they regenerate. It's just that we have been filled by the agencies of Messers, Death and their companies. I'm not talking about pharma companies. They're not the only ones. By their companies, okay? So, (laughs) they… they will not allow us to be empowered. In fact, more and more we treat as if we are not living bodies but dead bodies which have to be manipulated from outside. So this is what, it's a process. There will be many, many step stages. Maybe it's a thousand years project, doesn't matter. And death will try to deny, to fill doubt, to make it seem impossible. But Those who stay with faith and will are those who cross over. So this is the whole journey. So first high truth, high truth has set its feet on earth and the beauty is Shraubhindo uses the word her. But first high truth must set her feet on earth. Why? Because this is not truth in its static aspect. It's not Suryo Yatha Sarva Loka Actually, it is Savitri the power, the splendor of that truth, the shakti which has set our feet, it must, that divine shakti must begin to move us and man aspire to the eternal light and all his members feel the spirit's touch and all his life obey an inner force. This is the condition that instead of our own will, self-will, somebody else's will, we must more and more tune ourselves to the divine will in thoughts, in heart, in feelings, in life impulses, in the very body. And eventually, as a high crown of all, even there shall come as a high crown of all, the end of death, the death of ignorance. This is the journey He has given us, promised us. It's not prophecy. As I've been saying, it's a promise. And the Lord's promise is much more sure. In fact, it's the only promise which is for certain and nothing eventually can stay between that promise and the human soul that has received it. So with that, I would close on this 150th year of Sri birth. One more milestone on the way towards the great goal that he has set before us, which he alone can accomplish and is already on the way of its accomplishment. As the mother said, Sri is the future, advancing towards its own realization. Thank you.